All right, welcome to Camps at Sea. And today we have Elizabeth Ruth. Elizabeth is the owner and the chief copywriter for ER Marketing Services. And her agency empowers business owners to attract incredible clients, connect with the audience, and establish their industry authority. So, Elizabeth, welcome to Camps at Sea Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Can you help us understand what is copywriting and how can that be different from maybe just a content writing? To me, a writer is a writer. I can call myself a copywriter. I can call myself a content writer. But essentially, there are different levels of the type of content that we produce. And this is where when you're hiring someone, you will find some people at your you know, $25 an hour versus $100 an hour or more. Simply put, if you're writing something for social media, you can just say, you know, here's my product, here's a pair of glasses, and, you know, just describe it. It has a black frame with clear bottoms, and it's bifocal, and, you know, what have you. That is copy. It's writing. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any keywords in there. I may not have hashtags. It depends on the level of research that I'm doing because all of that takes time. So if I've researched it, perhaps I am a Kate Spade model. There's a keyword. Different keyword phrases are going to also be relevant in different places. If you have Instagram, for example, you're probably going to use a hashtag. Mm-hmm. If you are on a blog, you're going to use an exact, what we call them long tail keywords, which means it's about three plus words strung together. And that's the keyword phrase. So you would research that perhaps on Google ads. They have a research, a keyword research tool. So that's how you could find that uh, on a blog or a website. And then even more advanced There's formulas. So if you are writing a blog post, you're going to want to include those keywords, that keyword phrase, several parts throughout your blog. If you've heard of Yoast, it is a very common SEO guide for both readability and for optimizing how many placements and where you're placing those keywords that's where you're paying more money It's for the knowledge of someone knowing where to put it so that when sites like Google, Yahoo, Bing, any search engine, when they're crawling your blog post or your website page, you're getting indexed for the correct keywords because a search engine's number one goal, as well as any social media platform is when someone types into that search bar, Their number one goal is to give them exactly what they're looking for. Otherwise, they're not doing their job. You're going to go to another search engine. Right. And you know what they say is like, there is no page two on Google because nobody ever click on page two. (laughs) Yeah. There's barely now below the scroll. So may I ask, how did you get started on becoming a copywriter? After raising my family, I decided I didn't want to go back to what I had done pre-children. It was a very demanding consulting position. I was in charge of raising, I was a fundraiser, a campaign director, raising um, for hospitals and universities for buildings. So there were hundreds of millions of dollars that I was charged with fundraising. And I did like doing that. However, that environment 
was first one in, last one out. And my lifestyle goals changed. I had a family. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make them a priority. So I chose to start my own business. And, you know, what do I love doing? What could I do every day, all day, not get tired of it? And that is how writing came to the forefront. And where is the biggest need? Digital marketing. Because not everyone loves writing, but they have a story to tell. They might not know what that story is. And because I love storytelling as well, I do an interview style approach with my clients where they don't have to write it, but similar to a conversation that we're having right now, you're drawing out information from me. You're getting me to tell my story. I flip that and I do that with business owners and we capture, you know, as I was mentioning the glasses as the example earlier, I want to evoke emotion and feeling as to why someone wants to buy that or why, you know, we think that they need it. And if there's a story behind the glasses, people really connect with stories. Think about influencers who are followed. They're followed because they have a story. Even though their content is there, there's a common thread that we are watching them go through some type of journey. A business or personal brand is very similar. There's a common experience that they have that they're sharing with the world, whether they're delivering it through a product or a service, whether they are getting paid for their creations. Uh, So that's how I got started. I love stories. I love writing and I love communicating. Do you have like a personal story that influenced you as a person and maybe in business as well? I have a handmade business called The Ruthless Crafter. My last name is Ruth. Okay. What I do for that business is, this is a passion project, a side project. Mm -hmm. I knit and crochet character hats. I write the knit and the crochet patterns of the hat. And as well, I write children's stories to tell each character's story. And I'm always trying to be a little bit different. Because you've seen them, you go to flea markets or holiday shows, there's always, you know, someone there with a table full of scarves and hats and such. I wanted to take it a step further and make it an experience for my customers and also a meaningful gift. Because whether Mm -hmm. you are purchasing one of my ready to ship hats that I've made myself or you are a crafter yourself and you're getting the pattern and making it as a gift, isn't it cool to have a story? And you make that hat more than just something to warm your head. It's a self-expression piece. A struggle that I had with many product-based, especially hand-based business was, why isn't it selling? Well, I love to make it, but then it's a time suck, but I love it. So I love Mm -hmm. knitting at night, but then I wouldn't have any time to market it. How do I market it? How do I promote it? Like, what am I doing? I didn't have that business know-how and I didn't even consider it a business because it was a hobby. It was something I loved to do. That's what was a pivotal point for me when I decided to also, you know, tack on (laughs) a (laughs) full-time marketing agency was because I had learned all of that already. It was an eye-opening experience that if I'm going through this and I love marketing and I'm always on the trends, what are these other people who are at home have no idea what to do? 
Right. How can I help them to be mm-hmm. successful? A lot of us started something out of passion. Um, and I think telling your story in an authentic manner that actually resonated with your audience, I think that's the biggest gap. And I think, you know, with copywriting, if you tell your story in an authentic manner that actually is evergreen, that would be kind of like, you know, the best way. What do you see is the biggest pitfall that most people do? I'd say there's two things. The first one is vanity metrics, focusing on the followers versus the quality. They feel that in order to gain so many followers that they need to produce a lot of content, you know, three, four times a day, but they burn out so quickly. Mm -hmm. I would recommend you do the long game, focus on quality and consistency. What can you maintain? If you look at my social media channels on Instagram, I only have posts on the weekend. So that's the first thing is, you know, quality and consistency, number one. And uh, don't focus on the vanity metrics, but let's say we're talking about followers in terms Mm -hmm. of this particular vanity metric. Look more at your conversions. How many people are coming into your DMs and requesting more information about your services? How many people are you adding to your email list Mm -hmm. so that you can connect with them and they can stay in touch? Because if Instagram went down, if you did not have them on your email list and you had 10,000 followers, you had no way of connecting with them because you are relying on that third party app. Right. Always diversify your platform. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And then, so the second answer is work smart and take one piece of content and repurpose it. Let's say you've written a blog post. How can you repurpose that into perhaps every section, every seed of an idea becomes one social media post. You could get three to five social media posts from one blog post. Also use that as a email. Whether Mm -hmm. you embed the full article in there, if we're looking at the blog post in particular, or whether you're giving them a little excerpt and then asking them to visit your blog to drive traffic to your website, whatever your goals are, But it has still been that seed of the idea in one place that you executed and then you're just promoting it everywhere. You can create a video, a long form YouTube video, essentially of you reading it. So diversify, maximize, and focus on quality would be the summary of how you could be most successful. Well, Elizabeth, I appreciate your time today. I am so thankful that you share all the knowledge, especially on marketing. We all can use a little bit of marketing help. And for all those of you that's listening, if you have any questions or would like to find Elizabeth's information, her information is going to be on the podcast details and also on CAMSETC website. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topic, please email us at info at campsetc.com. And until next time, thank you very much. Bye.